Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. We are born free and we will die free. The time in between though, that's complicated. In that time, governments, institutions, and our egos will limit our ability to find true freedom in this life. These are real stories of real people overcoming the odds, persevering in justice, and unlocking their potential. Welcome to Finding Freedom. Here's your host, John Oderman. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Freedom right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast and excited for today's show, guys. Excited to uh, bring you a solo show. It's been a while. It seems like it's been several months since, uh, you know, I got the chance to, you know, just go through some of those uh, videos or news stories trending in the news and give, give my opinion on them. Give a little rant, give a little, add a little color to them. Uh, something I, I really enjoy doing. I don't do it that often, um, mostly because I I really do enjoy the interview process a lot. I, I like uh, bringing you all, um, you know, maybe some some information that is counter to uh, to what you're used to hearing. Like uh, my last few guests, where uh, I had Steve Arena a couple weeks ago from. Uh, the founder of Masa Chips and talking about seed oils and really the difficulty in disrupting an industry uh, like big food, big snack food, and uh, bringing a tortilla chip to market that is fried in um, grass-fed beef tallow rather than seed oils and the difficulty in that, in, in scaling up. And of course, you can help that uh, come to fruition, you can help that market to take hold and for uh, Masa Chips to really uh, grow its base and actually begin to, um, or, or I should say, actually acquire a facility to be able to scale up uh, their chip manufacturing or their chip production. It's probably a more appropriate word because right now they're doing everything by hand, which is just amazing. And you can do that by going to uh, masachips.com and you can use promo code lions at checkout for 10% off. And I will say they are a little bit expensive, right? Cause they're made by hand because they're made with uh, beef tallow instead of seed oils. And the, the whole process is not obviously refined to the point as these uh, manufacturing assembly lines of these major chip producers. So once they get to that point, the pricing will come down, as Steve talked about. Um, but really, you're investing in a startup to get to that point. And if you don't like the price, you can just go buy another beef tallow fried chip. Oh, wait, you can't because they don't exist. So, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, then last week, you know, I had the, uh, the great honor of getting to speak with Joshua Rayner, who I wanted to talk to for a while. This is a really um, thoughtful and knowledgeable guy and talked about everything from 
drinking raw milk to eating raw meat to what I thought really the interesting takeaway I took from that conversation was food and the way we eat. And and both Steve Arena and, and Joshua said similar things in that, you know, our diet, our health is, is our beauty. Um, you know, that's the way that, you know, we express ourselves, but not only in the current time and in, in the future, but it really is our legacy. It's our legacy sort of directly in that what we eat is going to affect how we express our genes, is going to affect how we pass those genes directly onto our offspring, but also, you know, our kids that are growing up uh, around us, people we influence, friends, family members who are seeing what we consume, seeing how we act, um, that's going to, to influence them. So really, our diet and the the focus we put on eating whole nutritious foods rather than just stuffing our face with whatever hyper palatable foods, you know, our little tummy desires, um, that is our legacy. So I think that's really important. Two important takeaways from my last two interviews. Hope you guys enjoyed those. Hope you guys have been enjoying the pivot that the show has been taking. <laughs> Obviously, it's been, you know, when I you know get out and been, it seems like there's been a lot of, uh, you know, birthday parties and, and things happening recently, getting to talk to people. And, uh, you know, people asking about the podcast and, you know, it's always interesting when I say, yeah, I started out with Felony Friday talking about the criminal justice system, talking about these really horrific stories, these really horrific experiences that people went through in the criminal justice system. Um, But yeah, now I've pivoted and I'm interviewing people talking about their health, talking about entrepreneurship, talking about faith, um, talking about things that they are doing um, in the moment uh, to make their life better and their life better for their family. And, you know, the more I've thought about this is there's actually quite a bit of overlap between those Felony Friday stories, those difficulties of people who, you know, depending how you look at it, most of them really did nothing wrong in that they didn't harm an individual. Um, sure, they might have sold a drug that an individual um, willingly consented to buy off them and they took it. Um, I, I don't think that selling drugs like that is an honorable uh, profession. It's not something that I would want anyone to do. Um, but that in itself, you know, they're not directly, it's not It's not a violent act against against someone else. But the struggle they went through in their years or decades, even in prison, I think there's a lot of parallels between what I've learned in these last couple of years. Um, the struggle of, you know, making changes to our own health or making changes through business in the marketplace. And a lot of the same things, um, a lot of the same qualities, a lot of the same characteristics are there. Um, one that comes to mind immediately is being optimistic. Being optimistic. Uh, another one that comes to mind is having vision, not just living in this moment and not living in your past. Maybe that's even one that really sticks out the most, between the commonality between the two. Not living in the past, but looking towards the future. So I want to continue to uh, 
really pull that out of my guests as we, uh, you know, as we can continue this journey forward on, uh, on finding freedom. So looking forward to that. Okay. For today's show, what do I have today? Well, I, would, I do want to say one more thing before I get into talking about today's topics. So you've probably noticed if you're in the Lions of Liberty Pride that the last two episodes, I did a bonus show with my guests. So every guest that I interview, as long as they are willing to, which I think they all will be because they all love uh, you Pride members as much as, as, much as we do, um, I will be doing about 15 to 20 minutes of bonus content with every guest. Um, really digging deeper into the questions that we talk about on the show. So I want to encourage you out there who've been listening to the show for a while and want and want to come along on this ride and, and get these access to these deeper dives. And you can also get access to ones I've done with Steve Arena and, and Joshua Rayner. Um, join the Lions of Liberty Pride. Just go to patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. Go to lionsofliberty.locals.com. And uh, it's really easy to set up the Lions of Liberty um, bonus feed, especially using Patreon, RSS feed in your player, whatever podcast app you use, you can get delivered right there, right next to Lions of Liberty. You can also get, you know, Brian's uh, Brian's rants that he does, uh, you know, almost every morning, almost every weekday morning. Plus we have our bonus shows, Secrets, Lies, and Cover-Ups. And Degenerate Gamblers, Degenerate Gamblers is winding down, but we will have at least one or two more shows um, to wrap up, you know, what happened during uh, the last football season, looking ahead to the next, and also to start to talk about um, baseball season and to do our over-under on the uh, the major league season coming up. We'll be doing that soon. But to get into today's show, so topics on the docket for today, we're going to be talking about a couple speeches at CPAC, um, one around transgenderism and one around taking control of your life and not allowing the left to continue to set this narrative. And also, I want to talk about uh, Russell Brand, his, his uh, recent appearance on Bill Maher that has people just going bonkers, um, you know, crazy in love with uh, what Russell Brand is saying. And I think a lot of the things he's saying are uh, are fantastic, but just want to dig a little deeper in in a couple different areas. So let's start with CPAC. All right. So I'm first going to play a speech given by Michael Knowles, and then I'm going to talk about a tweet from a California senator senator and LGBTQ plus activist who uh, had some things to say about this speech. Okay, so first, let me play the words of conservative author, commentator. I'm not sure what else he is. I don't know the guy well at all, but um, Michael Knowles. So let's get that queued up, and we will start with that. There can be no middle way in dealing with transgenderism. It is all or nothing. If transgenderism is true, if men really can become women then it's true for everybody of all ages. If transgenderism is false, as it is, if men really can't become women, as they cannot, then it's false for everybody too. And if it's false, then we should not indulge it, especially since that indulgence requires taking away the rights and customs of so many people. If it is false, then for the good of society, and especially for the good of the poor people who have fallen prey to this confusion, 
Transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely. The whole preposterous ideology at every level. There can be no... Okay, so that's that's uh, from Michael Knowles. And so that was a speech at CPAC, or a part of it, right? And so a tweet was sent out just with this snip by Senator Scott Weiner, or Weiner, I don't know. Um, he's a, uh, a California, let's, let me read his bio here, a California state senator, chair, um, housing committee, former chair, legislative LGBTQ caucus, um, housing, transit, climate, criminal justice reform, health, Democrat, no Ukrainian flag. Um, surprising. Surprising. Um, but it, here, here's what set, uh, state senator, California state senator Scott Weiner said in response to this speech, taking you know, a clip of it. Um, so he's quoting. So quoting uh, Knowles here says, transgenderism must be eradicated from public life. And then his, his response to that. These words were in a speech by a major right wing figure at a national conservative con- conference. It is a straight up call for genocide. That's what this fight is about. They want us gone. Um, I don't know if you all listened to what I just listened to, but there was not a call for genocide um, within that. I, I I do not think so. Um, he said he wanted to eradicate transgenderism ism, from public life, from public schools, from um, public institutions. That's not a call to eradicate transgenders from the world. Uh, It's just uh, it's just not accurate. And his tweet is getting ratioed like something you wouldn't even believe. It's uh, it's quite remarkable. Um, Don't get me wrong. I don't really agree with the way that the Knowles is is phrasing this. I think he could have gone about this. And obviously, I didn't listen to his whole speech, so maybe he did. say things like this, but um, he could have gone about it in a different way. Uh, I, I think the areas that are most important to talk about with this transgenderism ideology is around the indoctrination of young children about this ideo- ideology. Um, the forcing, uh, this pushing of this curriculum, th- really that is yeah, I, I do agree with Knowles that, that it is it is a lie. Um, a boy cannot become a girl, and a girl cannot become a boy. Um, that's the the sex that you're that you're born with, um, and that's that's just reality. That's just biology. And if you don't like it, that's life. Now, that should be removed from public schools. That should be removed from public institutions. That that should not be taught, and we, and we should not accept that. Now, with that being said. If an adult, if an adult over the age of 18, if they want to, you know, be transgender, if they want to become a, a man or become a woman, that's up to them as they as long as they are not harming anyone else, as long as they are not performing in drag shows, pushing this ideology on little children, as long as they aren't parents taking their children to these drag shows, committing what I think is child abuse. So, you know, I, I think it's it's a very, very important topic, one of the most important topics of our time. And if we don't stop this here, uh, 
where does this go to next? Because this push, this just this push for indoctrination of sexual degeneracy to levels unimaginable only 10 years ago, um, how fast this has happened. This will not stop unless we stop it. And this ties in with the next clip that I'm going to play, which uh, comes from a guy by the name of, I've never heard of him. His name is Will Witt. Sounds like a made up name, but um, he actually has some, some good things to say that I agree with. This was also at uh at CPAC. So let's play this clip. Will Witt. Out and saying, oh, well, the left, they're hypocrites. Has that done anything for us? You know, if a guy with a gun has a gun right in your face and you tell him that is wrong, that is immoral for him to do so, and he still shoots you, who wins in that scenario, right? That's what it is like with the left. When we come and do all this, you know, facts and logic, calling out the hypocrisy all the time, but not actually putting action towards the things that we want to accomplish, we are accomplishing nothing and we are actually going backwards. And you find that conservative media today is more reactionary than it has ever been before. And we are continuing to lose ground on every cultural issue because we can't get our act together. If we want to actually change America, it is about action. I mean, look at what conservatives right now in America are focused on. We got this Daily Wire nonsense and, and the Blaze Media, these Republicans in Congress who are just doing what they do so they can get Twitter clips. They don't actually care about us. So what are we actually getting done? What do we actually care about? I hear so many times, I, I hear from people and they'll tell me, you know, when will America change? When will the Republican Party change? When is my neighborhood going to change? When is politics going to change? But no one's ever asking, when will I change? When am I going to actually do something to get myself out of despondency, to do something brave and admirable and courageous to fix myself? Because that's the hard question. It's very easy to look at Joe Biden stumbling around on, on TV and say, well, our country sucks because of him. No, I think we all need to look in the mirror and look on our social media and everything we're doing and say, hey, maybe this country is going downhill somewhat because of us and that we need to take some responsibility for what has happened. Right coming out and saying, oh, well, the left, they're hypocrites. Has that done anything for us? Bravo, bravo! <laughs> excuse my, uh, excuse my fumbling there with the with the audio. Trying to turn the video off. Um, if you've watched our our meme show on uh, on Fridays, Meme Wars, then you'll you'll understand that I have trouble um, clicking back and forth between uh, sharing screens. But man, I, that is the end of Will Witt's you know little little clip there. When will I change? When will you know, we change as individuals and stop pointing our fingers at politicians saying they, they've ruined this country. They've, they've done this. They've done that. Who is they? They is us. <laughs> that should be a t-shirt. They is us. I mean, it's your neighbor. It's you. It's your family. It's your friends. You are the government. These are the people who make up these institutions. And sure, it is the most uh, psychotic and sociopathic that push forward to get into those roles. But we have validated them. We have sat back. You know, we have many of us have voted for them. Many of us have, you know, contributed politically. I'm not saying, you know, myself directly or people listening to the show, but people in society. And even if you haven't, even if you say, well, I've, I've washed my hands with that. I've been a libertarian for 
20 years and I, I just, uh, disavow the duopoly because I, I, I just can't, uh, you know, I, I, what they're, they're, what they're doing is just terrible. And the duopoly, it's their fault. If we could just get a third party in there to shake up, that's my libertarian voice to like, <laughs> if we could just get a third party in there to shake up and, uh, it would just make things better, you know, and this kind of ties into the next clip I'm going to play in a minute here with Russell Brand talking about he talks about at the end, we need new leaders. Um, I, th- I don't think we need new leaders in politics. New leaders in politics will happen organically if we get new leaders in everyday life, if we get leaders in families stepping up, if we get leaders in communities and school boards stepping up. You know, libertarians are, and I, I get so sick of this. Libertarians, if you ever have a conversation with a libertarian about uh, education, about public education, uh, if you know they'll they'll come back and say, "Well, you got to pull your kids out of public school. It's just stupid to have your kids in public school." Um, sure, that's your opinion, and if you want to get your kids out of public school, that's that's great for you. If that works best for your family, if that's what you want to do. That's awesome, and I I am honestly legitimately very happy for you that you are doing that and you feel that you are doing what is best for your kids. The other issue is though, everyone else's kids who are going to be living in the same society and it's doing nothing to stop the trajectory of this society that we live in, of this world. It's doing nothing to stop the advancement of the left in winning the culture war, where they they've went from winning the, to the culture war to just driving around now shooting survivors who are who are who are speaking out against it, um, it's it's just crazy. It's not that we need to change politics. We do need to change politics, but the way we do that is by taking ownership of our own actions. And you know, I I am guilty as guilty of this as anyone else. So, you know, I'm not casting stones at you without also looking back at my own actions. I fall short, you know, in what I post on social media. Uh, I fall short. I don't know why this screen just started playing. I, I, I fall short in, in many, many different aspects of my life. And, you know, you're not always going to, you know, be on the money. You're not always going to be right. You're not always going to have the perfect message. But are we packaging a message in a way that it aligns with our actions? Are we leading others in a way that we are making decisions that show them a path forward? that show those around us who might not agree with us 100%, but show them that it's it's possible to, to make changes in this crazy world that we live in. I mean, th- things are not going to get easier over the next two, five, 10, 20 years. Things are going to get really complicated. With artificial intelligence, with, um, you know, the, the changes I've seen even in the past five years with, social media's impacts on this world and the phone, the phone that we have in our hand that we're all addicted to the impact of that phone, not only on the world as a whole, from an advertising standpoint, 
from listening to every conversation you have standpoint to be able to market to you directly. But from a uh, personal standpoint, from a personal relationship standpoint, the phone affecting relationship, affecting the way we raise our kids, affecting the way we have relationship with our with, with our spouses. And I, you know, I I have trouble with it. I have trouble, you know, putting the phone down sometimes and, and getting caught up with scrolling Twitter, scrolling Facebook, whatever. Um, we have to be cognizant of that. It's it's these it's these these little things add up to a lot. And this is quite a a grandiose ramble that I'm on here. But the bottom line to wrap this up, and this is a journey that I've been on for the past few years, along with many others in this uh, in this liberty and freedom community, as we've come to realize, I think, and I think more and more are realizing this by by the day, that we're not going to change this world with protests, with marches, with, you know, writing really flowery opinion pieces. Um, we're going to change this world with our own actions and maybe more importantly, with our creations is how we're going to change this world. Criticize through creating. That's something I've said a couple of times on this show while interviewing my different guests when I've recognized individuals. And I forget one of my guests said that, and I wish I could remember who it was to give them credit. It wasn't me that came up with that. So don't give me credit. Um, if you know who said it, please uh, reach out to me because I would like to remember that. Um, but criticize through creating. That should be the mantra of the liberty of the freedom community. And uh, that, that's that's going to be my mantra, honestly, going forward as I look to affect change in this world. Let's move on to the last clip that I want to play for you all. Probably most of you have seen this. It is Russell Brand, along with MSNBC's John Hilleman, Hilleman, I don't know, um, on Bill Maher's show. And it's just a great, it's an outstanding back and forth. Um, so let's, whoops, just put the wrong one up there. So let's, uh, let's bring this up. Da, da, da. And here we go, Russell Brand. And we are... John, I've not known you long, but I love you already. But I have to say that it's, <laughs> it's disingenuous to claim that the biases that are exhibited on Fox News are any different from the biases exhibited on MSNBC. It's difficult to suggest that's, that's... that these corporations operate as anything other than mouthpieces for their affiliate owners in BlackRock and Vanguard. And, and unless we start to embrace... And, and also, mate, like just spiritually, if I may use that word in your great country, we... Let me just pause pause that right there. Um, I, I just want to zero in on the, the talking about BlackRock and Vanguard, and this this is really I think an important area to focus as we become disruptors, as we look for ways to to separate ourselves um, through different things we create, be it companies or institutions or or whatever they may be. Um, pointing out and contrasting between the the values of something like a BlackRock or a Vanguard, which is just a, a a massive you know massive corporation that controls pharmaceutical companies, controls media, controls housing, controls they, they have a, a strangling grip on everything, 
And when you're up against something like that, it can be they control the government too. Um, it can be incredibly intimidating, but it can be a tool to set your project, to set your business apart from it, that you are not a piece of it, that you are not beholden to the same values and ideology as uh, as they are. So, all right, let's continue. We have to take responsibility for our own perspectives. Right. I've been on that MSNBC, yeah. mate. It was right. propagandist nutcrackery yeah. yeah, on there. Yeah, I went on the show called Morning Joe. Yeah. It was absurd the way they carried Good morning, on. Morning Joe. Yes. Yeah, it, I don't it. know what it was. It wasn't morning. There was no one called Joe there. No one could concentrate. They didn't understand the basic tenets of journalism. No one was willing to stick up for genuine American heroes uh, like Edward Snowden. No one was willing to talk about Julian Assange and what he suffered trying to bring real journalism to the American people. And I think to sit within the castle of MSNBC throwing rocks oh. at Fox News is ludicrous. My friends, make my MSNBC... Friends. Okay, well, he was going to say make MSNBC great again, but I had I had to cut that off there. So um, bringing up Julian Assange, bringing up Edward Snowden, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I like Russell Brand. I, I really do. And yes, Thank you for for bringing that up. I mean, of course, the whole thing with Edward Snowden and him disappearing to Russia. Is he really in Russia? I don't know if I believe that story. Um, the, the whole thing seemed a little concocted, maybe like a psyop. I, I, I'm not sure. But th the fact that, you know, there is this certain narrative in this way that Edward Snowden has talked about and Julian Assange is talked about. And to, to highlight that, yeah, WikiLeaks is true journalism, just giving the pure information to journalists to uh, to run with. And yeah, I mean, one of the biggest failures of uh, of Donald Trump was not pardoning Julian Assange. And it would have been interesting, interesting to see if he pardoned Edward Snowden, um, what uh, what would have happened. But th this is Russell Brand in his prime and he's telling jokes Everybody's laughing. The crowd's laughing. Bill Maher's laughing. But this bozo from MSNBC with a stick up his ass is barely reacting because all he's thinking about is this point he has in his head, which is going to make right now to, uh, to Russell Brand. So we will hear what uh, bozo from MSNBC has to say. MSNBC better. Make friend, MSNBC friend, great friend, again. My friend, I would love... I would... The moment the Russell, darling, um, the moment that you give me a specific example, an actual example. Okay, I'll give you oh, one. Right, just wait, 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 that we know that the election wasn't stolen or something equivalent, example, but I will go, I but I will go saying. out, but I will go out on television and say the okay. opposite. I will lie. When's I'll, my answer? But, but give, just give me a, give me the specific example. I understand the basic point. Give me a specific I, 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 example. I, 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 all right. Okay. I'm with you. I think it's a false equivalency, Russell. It's a, no, it's I, not. I, That's I, your I, own biases. It's a false It's not about bias. It's a false equivalency because you don't actually know anything about any of these organizations you're talking about. Even on MSNBC ones. Big fucking deal. My darling, it was more than enough. You can't come up with it. You don't have a single, you have a single actual fact. Do you want an example? Do you yeah, want yeah. an example? Yes. 
the ludicrous, outrageous criticisms of Joe Rogan around ivermectin, re deliberately referring to it as a horse non, medicine when they know it's an effective non medicine. Yeah, that, that's what Rachel Maddow turning up on the TV saying, if you take well, this vaccine, you're not going to get it when it hasn't been clinically trialed for transition. You have to listen. Wait, Do you think you can improve America by determinately and avowedly condemning Fox News without acknowledging that you're participating in the same game? I, Did you not just listen to Bernie <laughs> Sanders, someone who plainly legitimately believes in this country and believes it's possible to change, but is bound by corruption, is bound by the lobbying system? Surely it's clear to you, Bill, as one of the great pundits and experts and comic voices that systemic change is required. Money has to be taken out of politics. We need new political systems that genuinely represent ordinary Americans so that we can overcome cultural differences. And bickering about which propagandist network is the worst is not going to save a single American life, not improve the life of a single American child, not going to improve America's standing in the world. And the world needs a strong America. I'll tell you that. I'll tell well, that that was something there. I mean, you, you have to respect Russell Brand, man. I mean, and, and God, I mean, sure, people will jump on this and say, well, he's he's praising Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders is a socialist. Um, yes, he, he is. And of course, that's that, that's a valid criticism there. I wouldn't would not uh, hold Bernie Sanders up as some beacon of, uh, you know, uh, American freedom. But the point stands. The point stands on its own. And this this MSNBC moron is just sand, is, is sitting there just saying not non-responsive, non-responsive. You know, say, saying that it's he, he doesn't have you know an actual response to his question, which is just crazy. I, I thought he gave a great example with ivermectin, especially the way these idiots at MSNBC or CNN or, or the entire corporate press with this ivermectin thing, they all called it horse dewormer. They all had magically this exact same narrative that he was taking, Joe Rogan was taking horse de dewormer. It's only horse dewormer. This is a Nobel Prize winning drug. And guess what? It's not only used on horses. Of course, it's used for humans and it's being used in Africa to treat river blindness and a bunch of different things. But why wouldn't some say it was, you know, dog dewormer or cat dewormer or, or pig dewormer? Because it's used for on all different kinds of livestock. Why was it always horse dewormer? Because it's propaganda. It's, it's propaganda. And Russell Brand's point of holding that, that we're arguing between which of these two prop propaganda machines in America or three or four, whatever it is, which of these corrupt corporate media outlets is is the best is the most truthful it's a stupid argument they're all propaganda machines they're all lying to us they're all owned by vanguard and blackrock and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter criticize through creating and yes russell brand goes on to say we need new political systems we need new political leaders and i you know what that's almost like a, a problem i i can't even you can't even address right now because we are so far removed from getting to the point of having a different political system that having that conversation conversation is so foreign and so difficult to even imagine how you would do it that I don't even think it's worth having. I think it's worth focusing on what you can control, focusing on the five feet in front of your face, as uh, Tony Diamato said on any given Sunday. 
in in the movie any given sunday the five feet the five feet in front of your face that's what living is um i forget where i was going with that but we're not going to change this world by magically changing the political system and where is he going with me to change the political system is he going where we need to change from a you know I wouldn't even call it's not a capitalist system now. It's uh, some sort of quasi corporatism, a uh, corporatocracy or something like that into what a socialist system. That's essentially the same exact thing, but probably with higher taxes and even less freedom um, and to get the money out of politics. So how would you get the money out of politics? The answer is you cannot unless you find a way to remove the power from politics. Because wherever the power is, that's where the money will be. If you can remove the money, or you cannot remove the money without removing the power, it's impossible. I mean, talking about it is just a waste of time unless you have some sort of way to constrain the power. You constrain the power, the money's not going to flow there because there's no ability um, for these corporations to uh, affect their bottom line by paying off politicians because the power won't be there to benefit them. I mean, this this kind of reminds me of, I don't know if uh, any of you all have watched uh, 1923, uh, you know, one of the uh, Yellowstone prequels. 1883 was another one too, which, which was awesome. 1883 was, uh, you know, Obviously, it's, it's earlier in time than 1923, but it was you know the the trek um, out to the west by the uh, the Dutton family, um, you know going out in wagons and it, it was a masterpiece. I loved 1883. 1923, of course, is uh, is set during a very transformative time in the United States, and it's it's where you know. It, one of the, the one of the themes, Jacob Dudden sitting at the kitchen table in one of these scenes, and he, he's talking about he's talking about with uh, with his nephew. His nephew's talking about, well, you know, why would um, they elect, or why would they appoint, you know, one of the um, chairmen's or, or one of the CEOs of the of the mining corporation to the uh, to the mining oversight board? And Jacob Dudden, you know, they go back and forth. And uh, the nephew kind of realizes, well, you're, you're commissioner of the, uh, the the livestock board or whatever it's called, and uh, you raise livestock. So it's kind of kind of the same same thing there. And Jacob Dutton basically comes back and says, I mean, you have to look out for yourself. And at the essence of it, that's what humans do, and that's what these corporations are doing. They're looking out for themselves. What are the variables at play? What are the the levers that can be pulled in order to to give your your company uh, the most favorable um, chance of success? And yes, a lot of it, you know, is using coercive means via the government to extract funds from civilians and funnel them into into your company, and that sucks. But uh, to change that, it's not going to change by electing a senator who goes to Washington and writes a bill that changes the world. Um, chances of that happening, you know, it's not going to happen. Sure. You might trim some fat around the edges here and there and 
there's, there's some merit to that. You know, maybe it's, of course, I'm going to, I'm going to vote for, if I am going to vote, I'm going to vote for, you know, a Senator who more aligns, you know, with a more libertarian or a Liberty ideology than one who is on the authoritarian um, side. Of course, I'm, I'm not going to vote for someone to, to rob me more. That would be, that would be stupid. Um, of course, I'm going to support people who have the same goals that I have, but what I'm saying, and I'm talking to people who would vote that same way is that we need to stop just doing that and start expanding that into our lives, into our families, our communities, and start making changes by the way that we make decisions, by the way that we lead people. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be tough. Um, but that's the only way we're going to we're going to really make change here. Um, we're not going to magically get a new political system that makes everything right. You know, we're human beings. We're broken people. We make mistakes. The corrupt will find a way to get power. So worry about yourself. Worry about your family. Um, help others when you can. Get your family right. Once you get your family right, then start helping others. But not until um, you know you have yourself and your family in a good position should you be spending time helping others. Because a man who cannot even help himself is not going to change the world. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this show today. I didn't think I was going to go for uh, 40 minutes. I was going to try to keep this at 30, but I uh, got a little, little ranty there. Hopefully it all made sense, made sense in my, uh, in my head. Hopefully it made sense to, to you all. But I would just say before wrapping up, um, got a great guest next week. Going to be talking about Christians being persecuted um, throughout history and also in modern day. Um, we'll be talking through that and uh, maybe learning a little bit of history. And uh, if you have any questions that you'd like me to ask my guest um, about that topic, feel free to reach out to me. Or if you have any questions or guest recommendations on any topic you would like to communicate to me, you can send me an email, john at lionsofliberty.com. You can also, as always, follow me on Twitter. Uh, send me a DM there as well, at John Odermatt on Instagram at John Odermatt, and I'm on Facebook, uh, John A. Odermatt. So find me there. I love uh, interacting with you all and uh, hearing your ideas for the show. Um, I've definitely used them in the past. You know, people reach out uh, with a guest idea or with a certain topic. Um, I have, I've used those uh, ideas for sure. And a direct way to influence the show 100% is if you join our Lions of Liberty Pride at the $50 or up patron level. Um, you're going to get to impact um, one show every few months where uh, you get to produce the show, essentially, where you'll give us an idea, you'll give us something you want us to read or watch or a, uh, a topic you want us to uh, to talk about. And th that's what the show will be about. And uh, yeah, so we've had, a, we've had a lot of shows like that. If you're a new, a new listener, maybe you haven't heard them, but uh, the longtime listeners, I'm, I'm sure, of course, uh, remember uh, those uh, those Nittany shows that we do. So I, I think I think that's it. There was something else I wanted to promote with the uh, with the pride. Oh, so yeah, the pride has also the, our, our new feature um, for the uh, fifteen dollar and up level, um, where we're going to be doing quarterly 
really Q and A's with uh, leaders in the experts in the uh, different fields. You know, be it philosophy, freedom, entrepreneurship, religion, health, whatever. Where um, we're gonna have some exclusive content Q and A's um, for the Pride. So definitely check those out. And uh, we would love to have you in the pride, patreon.com slash lionsofliberty, lionsofliberty.locals.com. You can always check out our merchandise at the Lions of Liberty store. You can find that at lionsofliberty.store. And uh, you can get our t-shirts and uh, our mugs. Our taxation is death mug. Very popular. Find that all there. Lionsofliberty.store. So, Wow, that was a fun episode. Um, I, I will try to do uh, a solo episode maybe once every six weeks because I do enjoy um, doing them. But uh, I just kind of get into a groove with interviews. And I enjoy the interviews so much that I, I forget about the solo shows. But I'll try to do more. And uh, I will talk to you all next week. Everyone have a great week, productive week. Think about some ways that you can start affecting change in your life and uh, have a great week and uh, always remember to keep your head up and the fires of Liberty burning.